The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Once saved, always saved. Where does this teaching come from? Is it true? And how do we know? This is Grace in Focus, the radio and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society, wishing you a happy new year, and thank you for joining us today. Our website is faithalone.org, and it is just full of resources that will help you answer questions about free grace theology. We have thousands of articles on our site that are free to you, as well as books and blogs and videos. We produce a new video every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you can find them on our YouTube channel. That's the Grace Evangelical Society. Once again, the website is faithalone.org. Now with today's discussion about eternal security, here are Bob Wilkin and Steve Elkins. All right, peeps, I'm here with uh, Steve Elkins again. And Steve, you want to fill us in on what we ended the last show and we're beginning this one with? Right. Bob, last time we talked about a fella on the radio who said the doctrine of eternal security is from the pits of hell. And this was a Calvinist. Calvinist. And why would he say that? Then he went on to say perseverance of the saints is the biblical doctrine. And how sad, because eternal security is the promise of the gospel. It's the main promise of all the scriptures as far as we're concerned. So basically, if I understand what he was saying is, if we say that a person who simply believes in Jesus, apart from a life of good works and a life of continued faith, if we say that person is eternally secure, that's a hellish doctrine. Yeah, that's what he would say. And yet it's the gospel. And it's a case in point of talk about being an antichrist, little a antichrist of denying Jesus is the Christ. Right. The one that gives eternal life to whomever simply believes him for it. That's denying it. But it's not enough that eternal security is the biblical doctrine. Perseverance of the saints that he says is the biblical doctrine is absolutely unbiblical. Let's talk about that. Okay, so... Perseverance is things that we talked about a little bit in the last show is the idea that a person must persevere in faith and good works until death in order to get into the coming kingdom, in order to gain everlasting life. Or some would say, well, you prove you really had it in the first place, but lots of Calvinists are starting to say, no, you've got to persevere to win everlasting life. Yeah. And by the way, Arminians and Calvinists say the same thing. They both say if you want to get into the kingdom, you've got to persevere. So if it's biblical that we are going to persevere automatically, ipso facto, right. then why are there so many commands, so many commands telling us, encouraging us, warning us to persevere? Why are there so many warnings if we don't persevere? And why are there so many examples of believers who actually didn't persevere? That's a good point. I have a book on my shelf called Assurance and Warnings. The author of this book says, yes, there are statements on assurance in the New Testament, but they must be understood in light of all the warnings so that we do not have certainty of our eternal destiny, because if we had certainty of our eternal destiny, then we wouldn't need to be worried about all the warnings. So essentially what a lot of people, Calvinists and Arminians, think is that ongoing fear of hell is essential to living a godly life. And I would argue just the opposite. No kidding. That certainty of my eternal destiny is essential to me living a godly life. When you're so excited and thankful for what the Lord has done for you freely and you didn't deserve it and you know for sure you have eternal life, don't you want to share that with people? Doesn't Paul say the love of Christ constrains us? No kidding. Doesn't John say we love him because he first loved us? If I don't know he first loved me, 
How do I love him? No kidding. We've got a neat little ministry at our church with some foreign people that live in a nearby apartments and it's called the good news club right and it started small but it's growing a little bit and these are people from another country that hardly can speak english but the ones who volunteer to work in this ministry to me are the real saints of our church they love jesus and they want to tell people about him and it's because they know they have eternal life why would they be motivated to go bring people down with a message that isn't any good you know one of the things i often joke about but it's not really funny There's a lot of people who essentially evangelize this way. I don't know where I'm going when I die. And if you have 15 minutes, I can help you not know where you're going when you die. How sad. And as you've brought out many times, if the doctrine of perseverance is true, no one, no one could have assurance because we can't know for sure till the end whether we persevered or not. Right. But they think that's a good thing, that we should be afraid our whole lives. And that's good. What if your mom and dad said, we don't know if you're really our child. We're going to take you to the orphanage or take you back to the hospital if you don't start living right. That wouldn't actually cause the child to do well. That would cause the child to be all messed up. And thankfully, our Lord never used any kind of terminology like that, just the reverse. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. I thank thee, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou didst hide these things from the wise and intelligent and did reveal them to babes. Yeah. That's our Lord, the heart of our Lord. Let's give these things to kids. They're the ones that are ready to accept it and will believe they have a trusting nature. It's easy for them to believe the gospel and accept it because— You know, an adult that they love shared it with them. Absolutely. Uh, And that's our Lord. Our Lord doesn't say all these warnings and try to take assurance, give it on one hand and take it away with the next. Yeah. Luke 10, 20, after the 70 are sent out and they're coming back rejoicing that even the demons were subject to them. Jesus says, don't rejoice. The demons are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. You couldn't rejoice in it if they could be taken away. This is a secure salvation. Jesus wanted people to know they're secure. So what I would suggest, someone who makes a statement like that is, as you said, ultimately against Christ. He's an antichrist. Case in point is just in the simplicity of looking at what that fellow said. Perseverance of the saints is not a biblical doctrine. Eternal security most certainly is. It's at the very heart of the gospel. And ultimately, what that person is saying is salvation is by works, not by faith alone. The Grace Evangelical Society has recently started an online seminary, and we're preparing to start our second semester in February. You can study with some of the finest free grace professors and earn an MDiv degree in three years. There is no tuition if you maintain a 3.0 grade point average. It's time now for application and registration. Study the Bible, the biblical languages, and free grace theology with us. Find out more at faithalone.org seminary or gesseminary.org. We both believe that to believe the gospel means you're believing Jesus for eternal security. That is the gospel promise itself. Well, in the book of Galatians, the word gospel or good news is used in reference to justification by faith alone. For example, Galatians 2.16, three times Paul said a man is justified by faith in Christ. And three times he says a man is not justified by works of the law. And so it's very clear that in Galatians, the gospel message, the saving message 
is that by faith in Christ, apart from works, we're justified, we're declared righteous, we're eternally secure, and it's not by works of the law. That was the message of the Judaizers, which Paul called a false gospel. If perseverance or commitment, had, or repentance for that matter, had anything to do with the gospel, wouldn't Jesus have said that every time that he's sharing the gospel throughout John? Absolutely. For example, take repentance. It doesn't even occur in John's gospel, nor does it occur in Galatians. Can you think of any time in the epistles where any of the apostles are examining people's faith, whether they persevere to know if they're a believer or not, or where they encourage us to do that? It doesn't happen. No, I've looked at all those passages where theologians and exegetes say that's what's going on, but it's not. The one passage that could come close is 2 Corinthians 13 that says, examine yourselves to see if you be in the faith. Right, that's 2 Corinthians 13, 5 to 7. And that's not asking whether we believed or not. He's saying, are you in the faith of the Christian faith, the doctrines of the Christian faith, right. etc. Because in the first four verses of Second Corinthians 13, they're questioning whether Paul was in the faith. Right. They're questioning whether he spoke for Christ. Is he really an apostle? And he turns the tables on them and he says, yourselves examine. Yeah. In the Greek, it's very emphatic. Yourselves examine. And what's interesting is, in verses 5, 6, and 7, the Greek words dakimazo and dakimas and adakimas are emphasized. He's talking about approved or disapproved. And he says, I hope you know that we are not disapproved. We are not adakimoi, but we are approved. And this ties in with 1 Corinthians 9.27, where Paul says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest after having preached to others, I myself should be ah dakimos, disapproved. That passage, too, he says, you want proof that Christ is speaking through me? You're the proof. In 2 Corinthians 13, yeah. they're the proof. Yeah. Right. When he says, test yourself to see if you're in the faith, that would be if you're in the faith in your experience. Right. If you're abiding, like you say, in sound doctrine. The whole point of whether Christ is in you, which he goes on to say, is not positionally, but is Christ in you in terms of your experience? Does Christ speak through you, or does Christ speak through me? That's what Paul is saying. And we've got an article on that at faithalone.org. In fact, I think we've got three or four articles on that passage. But that's an example of one that's much misunderstood. All of the epistles are written to born-again people. Mm -hmm. There is no epistle that's written to a mixed audience of believers and unbelievers. But yet, that's what most Lordship Salvation people would say. Of all churches that Paul writes to, the Corinthians should have, every chapter Paul should have been saying, are you persevering? Are you being committed? Because the fact is, they weren't living like that. They weren't being committed in how they were living, if you will. Even the guy in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul never questions whether he's saved or not. He even says in chapter 6 that you're temples of the Holy Spirit. Who is in you? Right. They've been washed. They've been sanctified. They've been justified. They are in Christ Jesus who became for them righteousness from God. Even though they are the carnal church in town. Yeah. They're not living like they should. They're not being committed or to use Calvinist words, they're not persevering, if you will. And yet he never, never once questions whether they're saved. None of the writers of the New Testament letters are questioning the eternal security of their readers. When they warn them, they're warn them about one of two things, judgment in this life 
and judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. And those are strong warnings. Well, believe you me, Jesus had some very strong warnings, but they do deal largely, mainly with rewards. I think you make a great point, Steve, when you talk about this guy who said that eternal security is, what did he call it? A doctrine from the pits of hell. A doctrine from the pits of hell. No, eternal security is a doctrine from the gates of heaven. It's a doctrine that the Lord Jesus Christ loved to proclaim. It's a doctrine we should all love to proclaim. That's the message we tell people that if you have just one minute, I can tell you how you can be sure that you'll be with the Lord forever. Because John 3.16 is true. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but has everlasting life. Amen. Well, thanks so much, and keep grace in focus. Amen. Be sure to check out our daily blogs at faithalone.org. They are short and full of great teaching, just like what you've heard today. Find them at faithalone.org slash resources slash blog. We would love to hear from you. Maybe you've got a question, comment, or some feedback. If you do, please don't hesitate to send us a message. Here's our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. And when you do, very important, please let us know your radio station call letters and the city of your location. On the next episode, what are biblical reconciliation and redemption? And are you an ambassador? That's next time. Please join us. And until then, let's keep grace in focus. The proceeding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.